you know, my year, the two people everyone thought, you know, you go to these chat rooms, there's so many people invested in the show, and they all thought the guy who played the giant harp, my year, there was a guy who played this enormous harp, uh, and they thought he would win, or there was another guy who told stories in the sand, he had this board and he drew pictures in the sand, and they thought he would win, so those are the two everyone was anointing as the winners, and so I showed up at the finals with wire cutters and a leaf blower, and what I should have had was poison puppy treats, you know, but I... <laughs> I didn't. I would never poison dogs, people. Calm down. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Top Fives with Don Sill. I'm your host, Don Sill, and we got another great top five in store for you today. It's a top five America's Got Talent comedians. You know, AGT for the cool kids. Probably the biggest talent contest in the world. Joining me today is an AGT legend. We're talking about comedian Tom Cotter. He was the first traditional stand-up comedian to make it all the way to the finals. My 16th birthday, my whole family tried to surprise me with a car, but they missed. And, uh... Please remember, everybody, please subscribe if you hadn't already. Also, like, share, and comment below. We want to hear what you have to say. We want to hear what your top five is. We know you love AGT as much as we do. Without further ado, let's get right into this. Me and Tom Cotter with the top five AGT comedians. All right, we are here with Tom Cotter, one of the greats to come out of uh, America's Got Talent for sure. How you doing, Tom? Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. This is great. You were season seven, 2012, one of the first comics, I'd say, to make it all the way to the finals. Technically, I was the first, and we were season seven. So they had a woman named Grandma Lee who made it to the quarterfinals. But uh, I guess didn't make it past that. And um, so my, I was lucky because my judges were Howard Stern, Howie Mandel, and Sharon Osbourne. And if ever you had a judges panel that was uh, comedy friendly, that was it. So I got very lucky that season. And I was the runner up. Uh, but I was the top human finisher. Yes. You know, <laughs> dog yes. Yes, indeed. The infamous dog act that, uh, that, that came. The non-human uh winners of uh, season seven um <laughs> yeah, said, I had no idea they were even in a competition defeated me which is very very hurtful and when you come in second to a dog act you really do feel like number two i will tell you that <laughs> so, i'll get over it one day how was your experience on the show unbelievable it was really great and i'm gonna fall down the stairs and get my own million dollars tonight <laughs> but yeah you said you did have the great judges howie mandel is always very friendly uh, to comedians, um, you know, uh, he he's always looking and, and helping and very helpful. I think Howard Stern also. It's got to be surreal when you look out there and you see Howard Stern and Howie Mandel out there. Uh, you know, with so many comics who come on here, I find myself doing that fake laugh because I am pulling for them, I'm rooting for them. With you, it was genuine laughs. I can tell you've got a ton of material behind you. You're excellent. Wow. And thank you for being on the does that throw you off? Like, I always wonder when you're performing uh, in front of judges, like celebrity judges like that. Are you performing for the judges or for the audience? Do you get thrown off? You know what? I, I've been at this a long time, so the judges didn't really throw me off. Obviously, I was nervous in front of them. I'm human. But what I was really nervous at was, you know, there were 20 million viewers on one of our episodes. You know, I think our lowest rating was 13 million, and that was for a rerun one week. So we just had ridiculous numbers because Howard Stern, it was his first year as a judge. So all his minions came aboard. Plus NBC also had the Summer Olympics that summer. So there's a lot of cross promotion. So their numbers that year were just through the roof. And uh, not only, when I do a club, for example, I'm at Governor's coming up, uh, you know, and when I do a club, those are all nice people and I want to entertain them, but I don't have an emotional con you know, connection with them like I do with my, First grade teacher watched me on America's Got Talent. My siblings, all three of my <laughs> sisters watched, my brothers, my my grandparents. So that was what really made me nervous. All those eyeballs on me. Wow. And, and something like that, I mean, like you said, that, that many million people watching, that high of stakes, uh, America's Got Talent was at like its, its pinnacle at that point in time. And here you are, the, the, the stand-up comic moving forward. This had to be one of those game changers. This like had to change your life, your career. It absolutely did. I was very lucky. I like to tell people I stepped in leprechaun shit that, that summer. 
because I wasn't even going to audition. Up until, you know, for seven seasons, that show had been on. And people who know me know my style of material is kind of rapid fire one liners. I was a bad kid. I would sneak over to my neighbor's house late at night and I would bounce up and down on their trampoline. That was their daughter's name, Arlene. And. Seconds to perform on that show. That's 90 seconds. And so everyone said to me, the show's perfect for you because you can cram a lot of jokes in 90 seconds, whereas other comedians take 10 minutes to say hello to the audience. So uh, because I'm ADD, that's the style I go with. And so everyone, agents, managers, club owners, fellow comedians kept saying, you're an idiot. Will you, go, will you audition for the show? And I wouldn't do it. I was just, for whatever reason, I didn't, I didn't want to be humiliated on national television. And then I just, uh, I got a call from the Friars Club one day and said, uh, you know, they're looking for comedians. Will you go down and audition? And I said, uh, I'm not getting any younger. I might as well. And that, we were off to the races. How you doing? Nicholas, how are you? I'm well. What are you going to do for us today? Um, Telling jokes. Once you do a primetime network television show, because I had also done Last Comic Standing. Carrie Louise. And I'm Tom Cotter. She's my lovely bride. And he's my lovely husband. Lovely. That boosts your stock so much, because as you know, comedians, we all do late night TV. We all do. I did Leno. I did Conan. I did, you know, uh, uh, Kilborn or whatever, Ferguson. Right. You're lucky if you get five million people for your demographic for that number. Um, but those are five million that are falling asleep. You know, they may not even be awake by the time the comedian gets on the show. We are, as I said earlier, our numbers were ridiculous. There were 20 million people watch that show. That's 40 million eyeballs. And that's just for the first run. Then they have reruns. So it really was a game changer and it really changed my life. And it was such a blessing because I have three sons and I married a comedian because who needs health insurance? And so, <laughs> you know, we really needed the money, and uh, it was uh, it was really uh, just such a blessing. And I'm so lucky, and I count my lucky stars every day that I, I got to be on the show. Some of the girls get the tongue piercing, right, with the metal spike through the tongue, which is why I had parts of my body magnetized. And was that out loud? Uh, well, I'm looking forward to here to getting into this this uh, top five with you and um, get your take on it. So um, was this a difficult thing for you to come up with five? It is, it's always challenging, because I like a lot of these people too. So I, I have an emotional connection to them because I'm friends with some of them. And I also respect others that I don't even know that I have, I, some of these people that I've seen in the show, I've never even met, but you know, we, uh, we've communicated on social media um, just because we're kind of lumped, we're in that fraternity of AGT people. So uh, yeah, it, it, it is odd. And anytime you do this, and I said this way back 20 years ago when I did Last Comic Standing, how do you judge comedy? Really, it's, it's apples and oranges. And for a comedy competition, I've been in a bunch of comedy competitions. I've been at this for 35 years and I've been very lucky in, in some of them. Uh, but how do, you, how do you judge physical comedy versus a monologist? Like why, how is Stephen Wright better or worse than Jim Carrey? They're completely different styles. Right, but right. Both comedians. You know, Robin Williams is vastly different than Robert Klein. Uh, so it's very difficult to do that. So I, I ask your uh, listeners and viewers to give me a little uh, slack here because they may disagree with some of my choices, but um, this is just what I came up with. Yeah, and I always tell everybody too that these are our, our top fives. They could throw in their top fives on their own as well. This is our opinions and, and how we feel. And at the end, what we do is we take both of your five and my five and we try to make a final top five just for the episode here. And we, uh, we can debate who we want, up, you know, if it comes to that. Also, if we agree on anybody, that, that person automatically gets put into the five. Good. And can we uh, can we give some honorable mention later on, maybe? Of course. Of but course. I'll be hated if I don't list some people. But go yes, ahead. yes. <laughs> All right. So let's kick it off. Um, who do you got for number five, Tom? Number five for me is Corey Kahaney, who is a dear friend of mine. And she's a dear friend of my wife's also, hysterical comic. And the thing about AGT is, you know, little kids vote and uh, other And sometimes it's not a level playing field, unfortunately. And she, uh, she was eliminated earlier than she should have been uh, because of politics, I think. She is a in my opinion, one of the top headliners 
clearly one of the top female headliners in the country, uh, but definitely one of the top headliners. She's so funny, so great, and I wish I could put her further up, but I have so many other people on it. She is my number five. I am not saying that you should play the tram card. Because I know I have tried to play the tram card at this stage in life, <laughs> only to have the guy say, uh, no, this is expired. I, I love Corey Kahaney. She's a great pick. Um, she's, she's, again, another veteran comic, uh, been around for a while. I, I love she has a show where she kind of uh, does all the great women pioneers of comedy. And uh, yeah, and I, I love that. I lo actually learned a lot from that, um, like who Belle Barth was and, and some of these types of people. And I, I like that she carries that torch also of that kind of, uh, of stand-up comedy. The only way I can get my son's attention now is I have to make the sounds from Angry Birds. If I want him to do anything, I'll be like, pick up your shoes. Ka -ka -ka -ka! She was on Last Comic Standing as well back in the, I think maybe the first season with yeah. uh yeah and yes yeah and, and she's like she's just a great i've seen her live a few times when she was actually touring with the last comic it was her boss and dave yeah. david uh i forget the, the dave uh, uh forget his name but the three of them were touring around and uh great comedian um awesome awesome pick uh, i have a husband he's nice people like him uh we have a good marriage. I consider myself happily married. I know that my husband would like to be having a little bit more sex, but you know, in this economy, he can't afford it. And that is sad, sad. She, got, she actually, that was her first big break was Last Comic Standing. And she did that tour and they, uh, they did quite well with that tour. And you know, a lot of people think she got uh, a little screwed in that as well. Uh, Dat Fan won that year. Dat Fan. And I love Dad, he's a nice guy, but I mean, where is he now? That's the thing. Whereas uh, Voss is still out there working. Ralphie May is no longer with us. I believe he was on that season. He was great. Yes. You're 140 pounds and you got to diet down because society says you got to. Now you diet down to 95 pounds. You done ordered messed up stuff like salads with no lettuce. How the hell are you going to have a salad with no lettuce? And Corey and some of these seasoned professional headliners have been doing it for so long finished behind him. So again, apples and oranges, it's weird to judge these things. Your mother on the grill, she bangs how your shows thing like a bee. Come on, she bang. Yeah, and sometimes with, with a show like that, and even with AGT too, you could argue, is, is that um, you, you don't necessarily have to win in order to win. Um, you know, it put Corey on the map, it, it put Rich on the map, and, and uh, all of those guys. I don't even think Ralphie May was really a household name yet until the, that show kind of launched them all. It was uh... yeah, to my earlier point. Primetime network television is a different beast. It's really crazy. People are very into these shows, and they hook their wagon to they want to win, and they follow you, and they're loyal to you for forever. You know, I was on uh, season seven. I came back season eight, and then I did Champions a couple years ago, 2019, and those same fans showed up again in mass to support me and they I was just blown away and then you go on the road and they all you know they come out to see you in Topeka and in uh, you know and in, in Omaha right and, wow so uh, yeah so you I, I agree with everything you just said awesome man yeah great pick great pick <laughs> my my number five I was torn so when I was first started doing this I was like okay Terry Fader, ventriloquist, he, I believe he won it in season two. Mm -hmm. Is he a comedian? I watched a lot of his stuff. It looks like he just did mostly singing and, and impressions um, and ventriloquism, which is all talent. And it falls under, I think, stand up to some degree. Then I was looking at uh, Tape Face, just because I was trying to go for a different, you know, some, and Tape Face, again, I think he's brilliant. Uh, he's more mime and uh, that sort of thing. Um, and then uh, the other one was Piff the, the Magic Dragon. And I don't know if any of these are on your list, and, and that's great if they are. Uh, I like I like all of them. But I don't know if they... Piff is more of a magician. He's got a sarcastic humor. Again, magic could sometimes fall under stand-up. So those three I, I was teetering with for my number five spot. But I went, you know what? I want to go pure stand-up with this. Um, so I, I went with, with a guy that... Uh, that I, I was always a fan of for years from going to the Comedy Cellar and, and all that th through the years. It's Dan Natterman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, D Dan Natterman, 
I, I always loved his delivery and his style. He's like the the, the Vlasic pickles. You know, hey, how are you? How's everything going? Uh, I always liked that. He also, uh, not not in the, so much in his um, jokes, but I like that he's got almost also a Groucho vibe. Yeah, hey, we're going over here now. You know, I think he's he's smart with his joke writing. He's clever and he's fast, and um, he's also unassuming. You, you uh, appearance wise, you don't think he's going to be as sharp and as fast as he is. I ask married people all the time, how do you like being married? At best, you know what I hear? So far, so good. <laughs> At best. I ask people, how do you like Game of Thrones? They're like, oh my God. I think he was great. He was on season eight, the season after yours. So I feel like you kind of set the standard for the comics and then they started coming out after, after that. So Dan Natterman uh, is my five. Excellent. That's a great choice. And I'm going to, you'll know I agree because he's further up on my list. So, uh, okay, should I go on to number four? Yes, let's go to I, four. I don't want to talk about Dan because I'm going to talk about him in right. one more guy. <laughs> All right. My number four is a guy, again, like Corey, who should have gone further, in my opinion. He's arguably my best friend in comedy, so you know I'm a little jaded here, but it's Al Ducharme. who is a very zany animated comic who started with me in Rhode Island 30 wow. years ago. And <laughs> it's just hysterical. And uh, like Corey, was was beaten out when they finally came to Our year, they called it the Vegas Cuts. And then later they called it the Judges Cuts. They called it Boot Cam one year. But when they, when they really want to thin the herd and go from, you know, uh, 2000 down to whatever, they're going to have 50 contestants. This is where they make their cuts. And they moved on little kid comedians. <laughs> like a 12-year-old girl beat Al and a little boy beat Corey. And come on, can we be real about this? These are two of the best working comics today. I mean, they are just A-list guys and girl and beaten out by a kid. God bless the kid. The kid's you know, great, but I know it's television and they're casting a show, I get it, and they want that demographic, but they really, both of them, Corey and Al, got screwed in this, and so I really wanted to mention them. Uh, Al's career is great, he's a voice on um, F is for Family. Um, you know what? Um, you know what? Um, you know what? He plays Anthony, he's got a great career right now, he's also works on cruise ships all the time. So he's, uh, you know, he was really harmed by it, but I was hurt for him that he didn't move on further. People should Google him. His name's Al Ducharme. He's zany, he's so different from stand-ups. And to your earlier point, I didn't put Terry Fader in. I didn't put Piff in. I didn't, because they're not pure stand-ups. I was going by pure stand-ups. I, I get that some people consider, even Tape Face isn't in my top five. He is hysterical. And if people have an opportunity, you should go see him. It's really kind of neat. It's almost like Cirque du Soleil. Uh, he's just so different and fun to watch. And I really, I was rooting for him that year, but I don't consider him a stand-up because he's kind of a mime and you need right. <laughs> to have stand-up <laughs> in my opinion. So anyway, Al Ducharme, my second one, Google him. You'll love him. He's hysterical. And uh, that's my number four. Great pick. Uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, is he, um, is he married to... Um... Bernadette, Bernadette Pauly. Yeah. Yeah. So great guy. Hilarious guy. He, again, very funny also. Bernadette yeah. Very funny also. Bernadette Pauly again. Another great one. Anybody here know the key to a good marriage? It's three words. Long Island iced tea. <laughs> Al's, a, Al's a great comic. And, and it, is, it is a shame, like, in a way, with these kind of shows. And you, you do got to remember, like, for me as a viewer, I have to remember, remind myself, all right, this is a TV show. The cute factor is going to happen. The little cute stand-up comedy kid uh, might get pushed further just be, you know, the audience, uh, the heartstrings and all that. It might go viral on YouTube and all that stuff when you get some funny kid. But but yeah, it, it is, it can be a little frustrating um, when you get a comic, uh, these comedians that have been on, on the scene for years and years, and you know that their set is pound for pound way better than the competition and yet gets pushed forward because of the cute factor. I am not a high school graduate. I haven't even been to high school. I don't have a driver's license. I can't even sit in the front seat. I'm still on safety scissors, people. <laughs> yeah, Ten-year-old kid may have two minutes of comedy. You know, 
Alan, Bur- Alan Burton and, uh, and Corey and the people I've mentioned so far can do an hour and a half. Right. Have you rolling in the aisles. So really, it's, it's crazy. And you know, the funny thing about these reality shows is years ago, we hated them. Why? Because they killed the sitcom. So back in the you know 90s, we were all like boycotting them and protesting and saying, you know, these networks are now going the cheap route and doing these reality shows because they're much cheaper to produce right. than Friends. For example, Last Comic Standing, um, its inaugural season went up against Friends. You know, they're both on the same network, NBC, but they were, you know, competing for viewership. The top prize on America's got, I mean, on Last Comic Standing, was a $50,000 development deal at the end of the season. They didn't pay anybody throughout. You know, they had a per diem. And then the the grand prize was $50,000. That same season was the last season of Friends. Each cast member was making a million dollars per episode. So if you're NBC, which one are you gonna do? You're gonna do the one that's gonna cost you six million just to pay the cast, or the other one that you're, you're, you're shelling out a little bit of money to Jay Moore to host it, and you're giving 50 grand away at the end. So NBC was like, the numbers are too close for us to justify paying friends. We're going to go reality. So everybody started doing reality. And we were like, well, that, that's evil. They, they're killing the sitcom. But now at a certain point, we all said, well, if you can't beat them, join them. So right. now we all feel like we're sleeping with the enemy. And so that's why I did Last Comic Standing. That's why I did America's Got Talent. And I'm a whore. I'll do any other reality show that comes my way because I know how great it can be for your career. Yeah, exa- exactly. And like you said, sometimes you, you got to, if you can't beat him, you got to join them. And it, it did push the career forward. And I think too, sometimes for like, you know, like, uh, like let's take the 10 year old stand up comedian. That kid might get more of an opportunity on a show like America's Got Talent than he would if he was auditioning for a sitcom where he's got, you know, uh, exactly. you know, so it, it also opens the playing field up a little wider too. Um, but then, once you get on that stage, you got to shine. And, and Damn right. Uh, all right, you're number four, sir. My number four, again, is another uh, comedian who's been around for a while, been on the scene for, for uh, a minute or two. Um, it's Ty Barnett. So I, I like uh, Ty Barnett. He, he made it uh, pretty far, I think. I think uh, he was on uh, season 15. Um, but I, what, what I like to, I always like to stand up and I think you do have to adjust when you're on national TV, you can't, you know, it's, you got to tame it down a bit, but I did love his bit about, um, about the horror movies and how these teenage kids, um, now he's rooting for the, he's rooting for Freddy Krueger or he's rooting for Jason because <laughs> these kids have broke all the rules. You're stupid. Yeah. You're, you're that dumb. You deserve to get whacked with an axe. Yeah. Your mom and dad told you not to leave the house. <laughs> they in the barn, Jason, go get them. They in the barn. Spank them first. They was drinking too. <laughs> so uh, I think I, you know, um, again, I, I like seeing the veteran comics, uh, uh, making it through and and, uh, and kind of getting because I think Ty Ty's been around he's he's done TV and stuff I think before that too so uh, but yeah I think he these... was on Last Comic Standing also if I'm not mistaken but but yeah I agree with that that's a great pick cool funny guy understand that the level of defense depends on the size <laughs> of the offender. Like in my heart, I want to be like, yo, dude, what did you say? But it might be like, yo, babe, what did you say? Uh, all right, should I move on to three? Yeah, okay, so now it's time for number three. All right, here we are, redundant. My three is my Dan Natterman. Now, you already covered it, so I'll be brief. Dan Natterman, people should Google him. He's so funny. Uh, like you said, the Groucho thing. He talks like this, like an old... Uh, 1920s movie and he's just so hysterical uh he was on last comic standing also and he got screwed on last comic standing because i was at the uh quarterfinals where they went from 20 to 10 and those 10 moved into the comedy house and he was the only one that got a standing ovation that night and the, the judges were drew carey uh brett butler and anthony clark and they all said he was the number one pick but the executives of NBC and the shows said, no, we don't want him in the house. So they screwed him and uh, it became a big issue. It was on the cover of Entertainment Weekly. They said, when is reality not reality? And Dan really got screwed. 
So I was glad he got on AGT. I wish he had gone further. Again, he deserved better. Uh, he did very well, but he should have. I, he could have won the thing. In the music business, your opinion is gold, gold standard. In, in the world of comedy, I don't think you know your ass from your elbow. I hate to say. So funny, uh, and a good friend of mine, and he is actually managed by my manager, and I'm always pulling for him. I, I wasn't even good friends with him when he got screwed on, on Last Comic Standing, but people know my wife was on that season also. I want to be a guy. I have a guy. I'm married for the health insurance. And, uh... and right. she didn't get into the house either. But people knew that I was at that. And so I got calls from radio stations afterwards telling, you know, asking me, give your opinion on it. And I threw Last Comic Standing under the bus and I said, I called it like it was. I said, balls and strikes. Dan got screwed, absolutely screwed. Two people who got booed off the stage that night made it into the house, and he got the only standing ovation. Drew Carey was laughing so hard at Dan Natterman, he was pounding the table with his hand and crying. He was laughing so hard. Wow. He didn't make it into the house. All three judges stood up and walked out because they had been vetoed by the producers. Uh, but anyway, uh, he was great on HET. Yeah, he was screwed uh, later on, as I was, on Champions by Simon Cowell. Doctor said to me, uh, have you ever witnessed childbirth before? And I said, yeah, but it was a long time ago, and it was from the inside. So, uh... <laughs> wow. So... Um, yeah, yeah. Simon just doesn't find American comedy funny, but whatever. The other judges loved him and uh, people loved him and he's just great and people should check him out. You've got it all. You've got the delivery, your likability is there and you've got great material. Home run, home run, home run. Welcome, you're gonna do great. Thank you. You're gonna do great, Dan. Appreciate it. Very good. And, and that last comic standing that you talked about, I remember that well, man. I, I remember the outrage. That was when it was really clear to, to people who didn't already figure it out that casting is everything. And, and those, those guys, I mean, for that to become like a, a, session, a, a part of the show, everyone knew it. There was viewers could see it happening, and uh, and and I think it, it it definitely turned a lot of people off. And, and I thought it was going to take that show completely down. I'm surprised they lasted a little bit after that. I don't know if it's still on or not. And now. that's why people said, "Why won't you audition for America's Got Talent?" For seven seasons, people said to me, "You got to go out for this. You're perfect for the show." And I kept saying no because I saw what happened to Dan. And I knew what happened to me and our thing. You know, I was married to Carrie Louise and they wanted one of us to move on and one of us not to. So they chose for her to move on, which is fine. But uh, she's very funny. People should check my wife out. Carrie Louise is her stage name. And, this is great. Uh, but, you know, it's the thing with Last Coming Standing was it's pre-recorded. And so they can manipulate in editing anything they want to do. So they tried to cover up the Dan Natterman thing. Um, and by not showing the, the the standing ovation that he got, and not and playing down the booze that the other people got who got into the house, but I mean the judges went to the press and, and said it so they couldn't cover it up forever. The thing with AGT is the first couple episodes are pre-recorded, but then it's live, and you can't mess with live. And that's why I loved America's Got Talent. That's really what said. Okay, they're not going to be able to screw me in editing. I'm going to do this, and that's why I did it. I learned from Dan Natterman. And people mistakenly think that I don't like animals now. I love animals. They're delicious. But I will say this. Uh, my wife and I are breeders. We have, we have twins. I had always dreamed of having twins. It's just in my dreams they were the Olsen twins in a hot tub. It was different, but this is special. It really is. All right, so now moving on here. My, my number three. We're already at the number three pick here. Uh, to me, um, this pick, she's a, a legend to me. Like, uh, she, I think she was from the 80s boom, definitely rose through the 90s, and then kind of had her second. You're going to pick another one of my picks. Go ahead. <laughs> Wendy Liebman. There it is. Yes. <laughs> I, I always loved her. And, and it's funny uh, with, with Wendy Liebman. Uh, first off, I think she was at season nine. She was eliminating the quarterfinals. Um, she returned to the semifinals with Howard Stern's wildcard pick. So Stern brought her back. Um, what I do like about her, too, and you, is you, you do both of you have a similar style. I call it like sleight of hand uh, comedy, where you kind of, the punchlines, you feel like, you know, obviously, you, you know, it's just like a one line. You feel like you go one way, then you go the other way. But I just love the conversational style that you do it in 
it, it doesn't feel, they don't necessarily always feel like one line it's not like henny youngman style but just but and and the curveballs are like really really solid uh, you, you have that for sure and uh wendy definitely has that since I've been back in New York, I went to my class reunion uh, from kindergarten. Um, I didn't want to go because since kindergarten, I've put on like a hundred pounds. And um, yeah, she was great. I, I was glad, you know, to, to see uh, to see her uh, back out there getting her due and uh, just, you know, people knowing her name. Yeah, she started, I started in Boston, and she's from Roslyn, New York. She's a Long Island girl. But yes. she went to college in uh, Boston. I think she went to Leslie College, I could be mistaken. But so I started in the same comedy kind of uh, group that she started in. And there was a lot of that style you're talking about, misdirection. It's uh, set up, punchline, and then tagline, tagline, tagline. And each tagline takes it in a different direction. And she is a master of it. And the guy I emulated the most is a guy named Don Gavin out of Boston, who's the yes. king, because he does it with a thick Boston accent. I mean, uh, I think that men's rooms and ladies' rooms, as a rule right now, becoming more difficult, even to get in. They don't say men and women on the doors. For 50 years, they said men and women, right? Not that I'm 50, but I, I read a book on urine. And, uh... and he's just so good at it. And Brian Kylie does it. My kindergarten teacher hated me. She'd find any excuse to pick on me, especially during nap time. Like, I'm the only guy in the world who sleeps naked. He's also out of vaudeville. There's a lot of people who came out of that. It's actually a style, I think, that started in vaudeville, but it's it's throwaways, all these throwaway taglines. And so the show was per perfect for her as well. And so uh, I love Wendy. I've always loved Wendy. And uh, I'm just going to segue into she's my number two. So, um, yeah, so she... Um, was on the show and then got eliminated unjustly, I think, too early. But the judges had a judges save and they called her back. They, the, you know, every season they they call a couple people back who've been they they rescue. They call it different things, but they pull them back after they've been eliminated. Oh my God! Howard could have picked any contestant to bring back as his wild card, and he picked me. You came out like a rock star, and I love that. And she got pulled back, and I was so happy that she got pulled back. But then, for whatever reason, America just didn't. I thought her sets were great, because, uh, I, again, I love her. I love her style. But for whatever reason, America uh, didn't vote that way. And But I was glad she got the second shot. And, again, your, your viewers, listeners should go check her out, Google her. She is a master at what she does and the sweetest woman off stage. So she is just the, the whole package. She's perfect on stage, off stage, and I will forever emulate her style um, and her career. She's just great. Today is my lucky day because I'm on AGT and you're here. And also today I found $20. Isn't that fun when you find money? It was just sitting there in the tip jar at Starbucks. Excellent, yes. Wendy Liebman, I, I can't say enough things about it too. I've always loved her. Um, I mean, for, for, she's been around for a long time. I've, I've always, always uh, thought she was fantastic. And and again, it's just so great to see her on there and, and get her, her. Um, like you said, I wish she would have went deeper, but it was yeah. just good to see her. Like the she won the judges over, they brought it back, all that stuff. All right, so now it's my my number two. Your number two. Okay, so so uh, and then we'll recap. And then get to our number one. So, um, my number two is is a guy that I love. Uh, I think he's from Michigan, but he's he's works and grounds and pounds out here on Long Island. Um, he, he's a, a great guy. Uh, it's Kevin Downey Jr. Oh, great! He's great. <laughs> so Kevin Downey Jr. Uh, he was season eight. He was eliminated in the quarterfinals. I, I just love his kind of uh, off kilter uh, style, stage presence. His he, he's got brilliant one liners as well. Um, just this, he's got a unique uh, stage persona and just way he tells a joke. You know, joke number two, and then he'll go into all this stuff. Um, I like his attire on stage. Um, he's he's just got a, he's just overall a, a really good stand up comic, and I think he he did well on there um i wish he would have went a little deeper too i forget who the competition was for him that season but um 
but he's he's just all around a pound for pound great comic and i'm glad he was able to get that notoriety uh from agt i bought this new cologne one whiff women can't say no it's called chloroform I agree. Now, he may have not made it all the way, but he got a lot of airtime. A lot of the show uh, is about airtime because that's what gets asses and seats when you go on the road. And he got a lot of airtime and he deserved it. He's so funny. Should have gone further. Again, uh, these are all people. He's in my honorable mention list. And I, uh, I, he reminds me a little bit of Emo Phillips. He's just so zany and wacky <laughs> up there. And he's such a good dude off stage too. So, uh, you know, I really, uh, I was rooting for him that season. I tweeted for him. I, you know, I, I, uh, I Facebooked, you know, I did all stuff. I was hoping he was gonna be um, the guy. If you are going to pee in a pool and get away with it, you should be in the pool. I want a comic to win it one year. People are like, why would you want someone to win it? You know, you, you've gone as far as you can go, the farthest in any comic. Other people have come in runner up as comic. I, it, I think it's time. Howard Stern said it. A rock band should win AGT one year and a comedian should. And to the, here we are season 17 or something and a comedian's never won the damn thing. But anyway, I like uh, Kevin. I think Kevin's great and I think he's funny. And he's a great dude off stage. That's a great pick. Excellent. Thank you. So, so now let's recap real quick before we get to number one. So for um, five, we had uh, yeah, we had Corey Kahaney and Dan Natterman. Uh, Dan Natterman, we both agree on. So he's definitely going into the top five. Yeah. Um, then you had uh, your, your number four. Who is number four? Al Ducharme was my number Al Ducharme. Four. So Al Ducharme. And then we had um, we have Ty Barnett. Also, Wendy Liebman, we both agreed on, so she's going up to number five. And then uh, Kevin Downey Jr. Uh, and Dan Natterman. Oh, Dan Natterman. Yeah, so we both agreed on Dan Natterman. So Corey Kahaney, Al Dushan, Dan Natterman, Wendy Liebman, and Kevin Downey Jr. are all of our picks so far. Now it's time. You and I both decided, because you can't, again, apples and oranges, you can't discount how funny Take Face is and Piff and uh, Terry Fader and some of the other ventriloquists. It's really great, but I'm talking about pure stand-up here, stand-up comics. So I'm glad you thought the same way. Yes, indeed, yeah. Ditto, I'm glad as well. So we're both in all agreement on what we, we see stand-up as. And it's, you know. All right, so here we go. Tom Cotter's number one pick. Now this is, this is kind of weird and people throw the flag on me on this one, but uh, here's the deal. Uh, you know, a lot of comics have challenges that they have to go over. And, and you know, we, Carrie and I, my wife and I call it America's Got Problems now, because it seems like every comic that comes on has some sad backstory. You know, there was a kid named Drew Lynch, who's a very funny kid who stutters. You know, that's a, if you're a comedian with a stutter, it's like being a ballerina with a wooden leg. It's very <laughs> difficult, but he, he pulls it off. He does great. I believe that you 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 can turn in anything and do do positive. That's why I'm here. This season they've got a guy on uh, uh, his name escapes me who won uh, America last comic standing uh, years ago. Oh, Josh Blue. Yeah, Josh Blue. Right. He could go all the way. He could be the comic that wins the whole thing. But again, he's dealing with a you know he's, he's I think it's MS. I'm not sure what it is. Uh, last year, a couple of years ago, we had the comedian with uh, he has a birth defect of short arms. Oh and yeah. Then you had. Uh, you know, every every season there seems to be some kind of uh, backstory, and the backstory is so important because they play a video package before you perform. And again, my season we got 90 seconds. Now they give you two minutes to perform, but the video package can go on for five, six, seven, eight minutes, and that's where America really learns to like you or dislike you. They can like your act, but not like your backstory. Uh, and you won't move on. But if they like your act and your backstory, you're probably gonna go far in the competition. So they have these pulling the heartstring stories for these people. But having said that, my number one is Samuel Com Cromrow. Well, and I'll tell you why. Uh, he, uh, he has uh, Tourette's. He has Tourette's sy syndrome. And that's an affliction that he's had to battle his whole life. And he's a very funny comic. I got to work with him. Great dude. So like I said, I have Tourette syndrome. It's why my head flops around. I blink real fast. It's weird. It always looks like I'm trying to tell you a secret. <laughs> <laughs> 
and my son's best friend has Tourette's. So I reached out to Sam, who doesn't know me from, he just knows that we both did the same show. Right. And he was at Levity Live, which is the club closest to my house. I said, is it possible for my son and his best buddy to come meet you? Because they both worship you. And especially his best friend uh, thinks, you know, you're an inspiration to him. And he could not have been nicer and could not have been more forthcoming. Had them back in the green room, you know, took pictures with them, signed pictures, sat down and talked to him about, you know, their affliction. And for that reason, uh, Samuel, uh, I couldn't pull a number one before, but I, for that reason, I really like Sam. He's a great guy and people should go check him out. He's very funny and such a sweetheart off stage that uh, he won me over. I had dreams. I had dreams when I was younger. I wanted to be a tattoo artist. <laughs> That'll never happen for me. What do you want, Scorpion? Okay, oh, uh, <laughs> another snake. Excellent, yeah, Samuel Cromwell, you said, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, again, great pick, great story. And the storyline does matter. And and it's so good to hear, too, that he gave back like that. Yeah. You know, that goes a, a, a long way because a lot, a lot of times, you know, there's givers and takers, you know, there's, <laughs> there's people who just will take it all. Um, and then when it comes time to give back, they, they they could turn their back. So when you when you hear a story like this, it, it, it you know, it's just like what the show intends to do, makes you a fan um, because of the backstory. It was so cool that somebody could just talk about their lives and also relate to a group of strangers by doing that, which is something I've been trying to do my entire sure. life. Yeah, and, the, and there are people who are really funny on stage, but are complete assholes off stage, you know, dicks. And, right. and there are people in the music industry who are the same way, who are notorious for that reason. And, you know, I, I, I've never met Ellen, but I think she's wonderful on stage, but now you, she threw, you know, the people threw her under the bus this last year. I am so sad and I am so angry. Yeah. You know, off stage, I, I've never seen it, but that's what they do. Samuel could not have been nicer off stage and really did very well on stage. I, I work at uh, the Westbury Music Fair uh, every once in a while, and I asked one of the stagehands there who's been there for 50 years, I said, you know, who are the nicest and who are the biggest jerks? And I'll spare you the biggest jerks. But he said the nicest guy was Don Rickles, because Don Rickles would show up and then he'd do the old Vegas thing at the end of his weekend. He'd walk around with, you know, uh, a 20 in his hand and shake hands with people and grease everybody. Everybody <laughs> from the doorman, the coat check girl, everybody done. And then a week later, handwritten notes from his wife and him would arrive wow. to all these people, who the lighting guy, the sound guy, everybody. And so that that I, that goes a long way with me. If you're if you're a nice guy or a nice girl off stage and you can bring it on stage, that's the whole package. And that's what I I, uh, I hold in high regard and hence my number one pick for Sam. Excellent and, and well-deserved and, and uh... Yeah, that's awesome. I'll definitely gonna check him out. Check. I, I, I'm familiar with him, but I just want to check out more of his his work now and see when he's coming around touring and all that good stuff. Yeah. And you know what? This is exactly why they say laughter is the best medicine. Yeah. You know, it really yeah. is. Now I got to hear your number one. Let's hear it. My my number one. This is not pandering. This is true. I really truly believe this. My number one is Tom Cotter. あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ
And I think that's what really helped push you along. But that's what won me over as a fan as well. And when I started rooting for you and, and, and pushing for you the, all the way, I also loved how you, what you did when because to me it's always like okay make it to the next round now you gotta come up with a whole nother set that's gonna wow them and, and how do you, you do this it's gotta be mind it's gotta screw with your head right but i love that you then gave them options when you opened it up and you could let howie mandel pick a topic and he picked college <laughs> college you shall be howie college for me was the best 28 semesters of my entire life i I don't want to brag. I went to Columbia. I worked for a drug cartel. Then I went to community college. The next one, you rolled the dice with all the, the uh, sets on there. The topic for tonight, poor examples. How appropriate. I think that's brilliant. I don't know if that's something you still do live uh, on, on, during your act. But but I think that alone is, is brilliant because to have that many sets up your sleeve, um, and be able to deliver, and the jokes are always on point. Like that set you did on college was freaking fantastic. Um, so it's well deserved. I wish I think you should have won the whole thing. Um, you know, I, I have nothing to lose by saying this. I think <laughs> you should never have lost to a, a dog act that pisses me off. But um, <laughs> but uh, Monday, I, you know, occasionally America gets voting wrong. I don't know if you know that. So uh, so. <laughs> I'll just chalk it up to that, but you're very kind. I, I won't consider it pandering. You're very nice to say that. I appreciate it. It was uh, such a fun journey for me, the whole thing from start to finish. It was the best summer of my life because my kids were, old. until then, my kids thought I was a rodeo clown. They had no idea what I did for a living. So they finally <laughs> got to, because the, the finals are in September. So they were back in school and they were on every episode at the end, the semifinals, the quarterfinals, the finals. So they were, they got to be big men on campus for a little while. And uh, that was uh, near and dear to my heart. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I, again, I got very lucky to be on that show when I did. And uh, I just had a lucky judges panel. You know, with so many comics who come on here, I find myself doing that fake laugh because I am pulling for them, I'm rooting for them. With you, it was genuine laughs. I can tell you've got a ton of material behind you. You're excellent. Wow. And thank you for being on the Wow. That season was great. In the finals, I got to, uh, they didn't know what to do with me because they had never had a comedian in the finals. So they decided that we should roast the judges. So they brought in Joan Rivers and she and I got to roast the judges. And that was her last national television appearance before wow. she passed away. You are doing, I have been watching you, Tom, and you've been doing very well, but you're, you're too nice. You really didn't get them, you know what I'm telling you? A roast should be really like pow, pow, pow. So I have been a roaster, I have been a roastee. Uh, I have done more roasting than Colonel Sanders in my time. So let me, let me show you how to do it. Okay. With all due respect, okay? okay? Understood. So. Rule number one. Yeah. You work a lot. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> and she could not have been cooler and nicer to me. And I will hold that dear to my heart for the rest of my life. That alone was worth doing the whole season because she was so great to me and so wonderful. Uh, so yeah, it was just such a great experience. I still watch the show. I still love the show. I've got them all DVR'd and I'll binge watch them eventually. And there are comics that I root for that I, uh, like Drew Lynch, um, my year, I was rooting for him. Uh, when not my year, uh, the year two years after me, and uh, Taylor Williamson, I rooted for him. I'm always rooting for the comics, and, and I think the other thing that touched me my year was all the the comedy community came out to support me, and they didn't care it was Tom Cotter. They just wanted the comedian to go far, because uh, up until season seven, comics were always you know dismissed way earlier. And right. Season seven, there's always been a comic lurking either in the quarterfinals and semifinals or in some cases the finals but uh yeah I, it was a great experience and i i respect your list i don't disagree with anybody you chose excellent excellent so, so some honorable mentions yeah let's do some honorable mentions and then we'll, we'll uh narrow down our list to final five sure so i you got to mention preacher loss larson or whatever his name is uh, he did he did very well he went far yes uh, Jacob williamson was my year and to your point 
The reason I did Comedy on Demand, where I let Howie pick my topics and did the dice thing, was because Taylor or, or uh, Jason was newer at comedy, and I wanted to show that I had been around for a while longer. So that was the whole reason I did that. But I only would have done that if I didn't fear him. I respected him. I feared him as a competitor. So that's why I did it. He was great. Also, just so you guys know, I don't know how to fix your computer. I just look like I do. I just want to clear that up. Again, I met Taylor. I mentioned him. Um, uh, let's hear some of your honorable mentions. My honorable mentions I have here, uh, Preacher Larson was on mine as well. Come on, Kata! Linda! Get the camera, Linda! I had um, Jody Miller, was another uh, good comic, been around for a while. Uh, Josh Blue, uh, who's on there this season, uh, you know, veteran guy. And Gina Brilliant. Oh, Gina Brion, yeah, she's Brion. Yeah. Hey, yo, I dead ass love you, son. Oh God, I love you, man. Doing a gig with her coming up, actually. I'm doing a gig with her in September. So uh, yeah, I love working with her. She's great as well. And Usama Sadiq is the other one that. Uh, oh, great. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I don't know if I caught that season, but I heard people say how great he was. Yeah, he was really good. He, he's a, he's a really good comic. He's a, a young guy on on the this year, right? I think he was on this year or. Uh, yeah, which is yeah. why I PBR'd it. I haven't seen his set yet, but people told me he's great. Right. Yeah. Some people think Josh Blue could take the whole thing this year. It'll be interesting, and, and it'll, it'll be cool. Uh, you know, to me, it went... He will have won Last Comic Standing and America's Got Talent, which would be a gigantic accomplishment. Yeah. And when it comes to with Josh Blue, yeah, he has the, the disability and all that. And, you know, obviously, just like, you know, most comics, they use that to their advantages. Uh, you know, if they're overweight or if they're ugly, whatever the thing is, they use it for their advantage. So I, I, I don't... Um, I think that's great, but I think he's a true comedian. He has this true heart of a comic. He's, you know, the soul of a comedian. And uh, so, you know, I, I don't think, like, I don't think he's like, and not, again, not to slight any of the other acts, but I don't think he's like a, a piff or, or something like that. I think he's a real true comedian. I so I, I hope he, he continues and makes it, makes it through. Thank you. This is the best Make-A-Wish ever. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, a lot of great comedians have come through. And like they said, they all kind of broke out after you kind of set the standard. Um, so that, you know, I commend you for a lot of that stuff as well. All right, so now let's narrow this down. So we agree on Dan Natterman and Wendy Liebman. So they're in the yep. five. Then we have Corey Kahaney. Al Deshawn. And we have Ty Barnett. Kevin Downey Jr., Sam Cromwell, and you, Tom Cotter. So I think, um, is there anybody from that list right now? This is when it gets tough, when we have to start taking people off the list. I don't want to take people off the list. <laughs> I only want to add people to the list. I know. <laughs> we, have, uh, we have three spots. And I think I'm going to um, to take Ty Barnett out of this thing. I think he's a great comedian, but there's so many uh, others here that just are, are cut above. You know what? I will I will yield to you that Kevin Downey Jr. Uh, is a phenomenal act and uh, should have gone much further than he did, and uh, he's great. So I will I will because uh, I he, I debated choosing him. I will throw you the bone and make him one of our top five. So now you've got three, because I will agree with you on that one. Okay, cool. So, <laughs> and then I will return the favor, and I also do back this as well with Sam Cronwell. Yeah. Since he was your number one, and uh, also uh, I, I have seen his stand-up before. I know he's a really good stand-up and he's battling, um, you know, disability. Um, so Sam Cromwell. So now, let's go here now. Now we got four. We got four in, in the mix. It's because, so now, it's, this is hard. It's going to be very hard for you, I think. <laughs> Maybe not, because you're, but you got Corey Kahaney, Al Deshaun. These are your friends. Yes. And then you got yourself. <laughs> <laughs> now, I would like to see you go in and, and be the number one. But this is, this. I'm going to leave it leave it to you at this point and then we could debate if we wow 
that's a lot of pressure. Uh, all right. Well, you know what? I, I don't want to be a douche about this, but I, I will say because you chose me and because uh, Al and Corey were uh, unfairly eliminated earlier in the competition, uh, let's just round it out and make me number five. I won't be number one, but I'll be number five. And then we can put them in any order after that. How about that? Okay. I can be in the top five. Yeah, excellent. I could, I could, that's a great um, approach. I can respect that. So, all right. So we got at number five, Tom Cotter. So now, Wendy Liebman, Dan Natterman, Kevin Downey. I say Kevin Downey could be at four. I agree. Number four. And then. Um, Let's put Samuel at number three. Okay. Samuel, three. And then we agreed on the next two. So the next two can be in any particular order because they really can. They're both phenomenal acts. And uh, people should go check out Wendy Liebman and Dan Natterman anytime. However, you're based in Long Island. So I'm almost thinking that we should give the nod to the Long Island girl. Wendy Liebman. Out of Roslyn, New York, everybody. Yes. I, I, talented I, Wendy Liebman. <laughs> I, I love this list. So we got at five, Tom Cotter. At four, Kevin Downey Jr. At three, Samuel Cromwell. At two, uh, where am I? Uh, three, Samuel Cromwell. Two, Dan Natterman. And the number one uh, AGT comedian is Wendy Liebman. This is a great list, Tom. I can't argue with that list. <laughs> this is a, this is a great list. That's why I love doing this. We always come up with some. We always get a good solid list at the end of the day here. Agreed. So, so um. Before I let you go, just tell everybody again, I know you're going to be performing here at Governor's Comedy Club on August 6th and 7th. Um, this weekend in August, I will be at Governor's, and uh, we're just now tipping our toe back into the water in front of live audiences, and I can't tell you how wonderful that is. It's so spectacular. We've been, you know, the Zoom shows have been great to get us through the pandemic, but we're done with them. We really like to do live <laughs> audiences. And I think people are as eager to come out and see live entertainment as we are to get out and perform it. So uh, we really appreciate it when people show up and we give them the best show we can and they give us the best response they can. So it's a mutually advantageous situation. Plus, I love governors. You know, let me just say quickly that uh, I used to, I'm out of Boston. I used to think the Boston comics were the best. You know, I used to be so, uh, such a homer. And I would say, well, we had Stephen Wright and Jay Leno, and we had, uh, you know, Bill Burr and uh, Dane Cook and uh, Louis C.K. And all these people came out of Boston and how great Wendy Liebman and how great these people are. And then someone humbled me with the list from Long Island. It's not New York City, it's Long Island. <laughs> and that list is ridiculous. It's Seinfeld, <laughs> Chris Rock, it's Kevin James. And I'm, I'm just scratching the surface. It's Robert Klein, it's uh, Eddie Rodney. Murphy. And monetarily, there is no region in the world that has produced such mega beasts in comedy. Rosie O'Donnell, everybody is out of Long Island. I don't know what you guys are drinking out there. <laughs> it is crazy how talented the pool is out of Long Island, New York. So uh, I'm, I, I love going back to Governors for that reason, just the, the nostalgia and the, the glory of the comedy world that, that all kind of emanates from there. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that. I always love the Boston scene as well. And, and you know, I, I think Boston and, and Long Island and, you know, Queens and all that, uh, this, there is something special about this area where some of the greatest comedians uh, em emerge, I mean, historically, like, you know, Lenny Bruce, Lenny Bruce was from Long Island. Um, so it, yeah. it's just, it's just crazy. But, um, you know, who told that Richie Minervini was the guy who just humbled me and started rattling them off. Richie among them. I mean, <laughs> just what a list it's, and I'm leaving everybody out. But I've left people off the Boston list too. We had Joe Rogan, you know, we had a lot of yeah, people. In yeah. We had some good people come out of Boston, but I yield and say Long Island is the uh, comedy. Uh, it's it's the ground zero. It's, it's, it's where all the greats come from. Just the two syndication deals of Seinfeld was 500 million. Ray Romano was 600 million. <laughs> How do you top that? So, yeah, they, yeah, and Richie Minervini, he's the he's the uh, the king of Long Island comedy. He's the godfather of Long Island comedy, Eastside Comedy Club, and all that. So you you would definitely talk to one of our biggest voices uh, that's going to back us. <laughs> and he absolutely did, and I I yielded right away. So by the time he got to like the fourth name, I'm like, okay, okay, I get it. You guys are the best. I understand. 
<laughs> That's awesome. Uh, well, Tom, thanks again. Uh, everybody can follow you and everything with TomCotter.com. Yeah, social media, and I urge people to follow me. Uh, it's at Tom Cotter Comic. Uh, I'm on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and everything I have to be on. And I, uh, I occasionally post funny things, and it's worth it. Yes, indeed. You're the best, man. And, uh, you, you know, I appreciate you taking the time doing this. This was you, fun, man. Yeah, this was a this was a blast. And uh, hopefully I'll see you in Governor's Comedy Club when you're there. I have a we do a show live from the green room. So we'll be right across the hall if you want to just pop in and say hello. That'll be awesome. Well, you're the best. Thank you again. We have a great top five out of this. I think so. I agree. <laughs> Thank you so much. Tom Cotter, everyone. Thanks, everybody. I appreciate it. And there you have it, folks. That's the top five AGT comedians that me and Tom Cotter have come up with. Please let us know what your top five is. We'd love to hear it. And remember, everybody, we'll be back again next week with another great top five. So stay tuned.